Hello there. This is the first episode of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. Um, my name's Aaron Osborne. Um, for anyone who doesn't know me, which will surely be no one who listens to this first one, everyone who listens to this will know me. I play guitar in a band called I Exist from Canberra. Um, I've been playing music for a long time now, and I have a really large interest in how music has developed people's lives and how their involvement in <clears throat> playing music or being involved with music in one way or another um, has shaped them into the people they are today. So has brought them from childhood to adulthood or from adulthood to somewhere else in their adulthood. I'm just really interested in how uh, music has changed people. Um, it's certainly done a lot for me. It's done a lot for a lot of people that I know. And over the coming weeks and the coming months and, you know, maybe even the next year, I'll be talking to a bunch of people about how I see music as influencing them and how it's sort of interacted with me as well. Um, my first guest uh, is my best friend, one of my best friends, um, Patrick Galvin. Me and Patty have known each other for a long time. We've been living together for a couple of years. He's done almost every second design in terms of shirts and artwork and whatever for I Exist over the last, you know, six years or whatever that I Exist has been a band. And then before that, for the bands I was in before that, and basically everything that I've needed design work for, he's done. So I thought it would be a good way to test out the, you know, the format that I'm going for and the recording quality and the topics and try and get something covered with Patty where he gets to talk about his graphic design and I get to drink a bunch of beer and hopefully make a podcast out of it. Um, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. I think Patty's got some really important things to say um, about being a graphic designer in the Australian alternative music scene and how that has shaped his life um, and how that's affected me as well. Um, but yeah, so this is the first one. This is Oblivious Maximus. I'm Aaron Osborne. Here's me drinking beer and talking to Patty Galvin. Brutal. First off, let's discuss, as far as you can remember, what is the introduction you had to music? To music in general? To music in general. So, I, like, for example, I, I mean, I can remember listening to music yeah. as a kid. I can remember the Wiggles and all yeah, that sort yeah. of shit. But then the thing that, like, really changed how I thought about music was hearing Michael Jackson for yeah. the first time. Yeah, yeah. So well, that, like, changed everything for me. Yeah, well, like, because I started going to, like things with my mum and dad because they always organised like festivals and stuff because I grew up in Katoomba in New South Wales mm-hmm. they always organised these big music festivals and blah 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 so I remember from like a really young age of just being around like feeling music kind of around kind of thing yeah. so that's I guess it's just always been exposed to it Yeah. and then but like I remember like consciously like paying attention to music when I was about probably like eight or nine because mum worked in the youth centre this is once we moved to Canberra mum worked at 
uh, Woden Youth Centre and there were always bands playing on Friday nights. And on Fridays, I would just go to the youth centre after school just to wait until mum finished work. Yeah. And so then I just kind of was exposed to every, like, every kind of band that would play there because they just put on everything. Yeah. But then from... And so through that, I ended up meeting <coughs> various guys who were just, like, who would hang out with me because I was a kid and I was the boss's daughter kind of thing. I was son. It's okay, you can do that. <laughs> we're revealing a lot yeah. in this episode. Boss's son. Um, and so anyway, so I hung out and I met like, and they kind of, I guess that's, that was the introduction to like alternative music. Cause I had yeah. like, there were guys who listened to Slayer and guys who listened to fucking weird punk music and stuff. And also that was like the, the as like the, the whole kind of Canberra new metal scene was kicking off. <laughs> Bands like Mighty Few and like. Some other garbage. Just some other garbage. I can't remember the It name doesn't of. matter anymore. Yeah, but that was like kind of, it was just kind of being in a place that music was going on and then I guess just kind of doing it. It wasn't really, it wasn't necessarily someone sitting down and being like, you've got to listen to this, this and this. Yeah. It was just kind of that. Then, of course, then there was in like year seven, I made friends with this guy named Christo who actually did sit me down and was just like, you like, like, because I liked some punk music, like Friends of Rom and stuff like that because yeah. it was around. And then he sat me down and was like, you need to listen to no effects. You need to listen to this. You need to listen yeah. to this. And that was the bigger introduction. Well, I think everyone has someone like that. Like for sure, when I was in, you know, school, I, you know, my introduction to alternative music was because my parents got divorced yeah. and I was, I needed something to be a sook to. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. new metal and stuff like that <laughs> is perfect if you want to be a sook. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know won't deny that I still like the songs and I'm not a sook anymore, yeah. but at the time when you're a sook, that's sort of it. But then at the same time, when I got to high school, I met people who liked better bands than new metal bands. Yeah. And that's how you get into that Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it sort of develops, but like, that's a really interesting thing, I think. And it's very Canberra specific. So depending on how many people I talk to who are from Canberra, they'll probably come up with the same stories, Whoa. but going to places like the Woden Youth Centre and going to shows there and stuff really changed things for me. Yeah. Because it meant that new metal and stuff like that wasn't just something I bought for a really exorbitant yeah. CD price. You could actually go and see some people do it really badly. Well, yeah, I'd say like anyone from Canberra around our age group would remember bands like yeah. Mighty Few and like there was Smeg and there was Henry's Anger and stuff <laughs> like that. And those bands were like around and that they because that was like they were huge i remember being like when i was a kid they were like obviously they never left canberra they weren't big bands but yeah. they seemed massive and so yeah. you'd hear bands like corn and fucking soulfly and stuff like that yeah. and then you'd see smeg and you're like they're doing the same thing and they're like they must be massive and so it was just like that was like you're a, a kind of i don't know that was bringing the music that you heard on the radio home and then opened everything up kind of thing. yeah and then there was a bunch of kitchen appliances. Smeg <laughs> were fantastic. And the DJ from Smeg. That was the the DJ from Smeg? DJ Archie. And he ended up becoming like this huge dance music DJ. Fuck yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. DJ Archie. <laughs> so I guess other than Christo, who else would have been your guides through alternative music obviously so there's in a way your parents were guides well, yeah, because yeah. you had the youth well, centre. Exactly. Because there was like because Mum and dad, like, mum kind of always loved, like, growing up, I remember mum listening to, like, stuff like Led Zeppelin, yeah. Sabbath, Midnight Oil, 
stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was like, and so those things really stuck. And so I've always like, they're bands that have just kind of, they've been constants through my entire life because of mum. But then yeah. there's like people like, there was a guy that I was friends with at the youth center, this guy named Scotty. And he was the one who introduced me to heavy music. Like I, when I was like 11, I'm going to say maybe 10, maybe 11. Um, I went to the show specifically because he was talking about it and it was Frenzel playing with Toe to Toe yeah. at ANU. And I didn't go inside because fucking I was a child. Yes. But I went and stood outside with mum at the window and listened to her through inside so because Scotty would talk about Toe to Toe. And yeah. he was the one who was just like, this is Slayer, they're the best band of the world, this is Metallica kind of yeah. thing. And he would have, like, he was like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have, like, kind of sought out heavy music, I guess. Because yeah. at school you'd hear people, like, talk about like like pop music and shit like that and it was just kind of like that was all as far when I was you know a small child that's all I was aware of that happened musically and he was like here's stuff that's not being necessarily played on the radio but it's but it's existing and it's great and you can get their CDs and blah blah so I'd say that he was the first kind of major jump off because he was like 16 probably at the time and I would have been 10 and it was just he just hung out with me because I was just hanging out at the center. Mm. And then, um, yeah, and then would have been Christo. And then from there, it's kind of just like, because there's people that I'm still like, that I'm very good friends with now, you, yeah. who know Christo kind of thing. And so yeah. it's always just like the, you just meet more people and find more bands and kind of thing. Yeah, it and it just, it goes on from that. Yeah. Um, so I guess the main reason that, aside from the fact that you're the easiest person to talk to about <laughs> these things because you live in my house. The... But the main reason for doing this with you on the episode is that to talk to you about graphic design, yep. which you have been doing for a very long time. Fucking ages. Um, and, oh my God, this thing can hear every single thing. <laughs> so just to preface this uh, very DIY version of a podcast, I'm recording on one recording device that is hearing... Patrick drink the trains go by and me scratch my knee and there's probably going to be someone shouting outside at some point it's going to be so sick it's all happening anyway if you expected anything more from me you're a fool <laughs> I've never done this before don't judge me um, alright so let's go for that how you worked through being a kid youth centre doing yep. all this cool shit going to new metal shows <laughs> frothing on Henry's anger yeah well actually first thing you yeah. did a music video for Henry's I Anger. Did, that was, yeah. So let's when, talk about you directing a music video for a new metal band. Um, when I was... That was in year 11, That's sick. That's so because sick. Because we had to do a film project. And I would have been in year 8 then. Or... Wait, how old? You're two years old. Three. Three, two? Two years old. Okay, so I would have been in year 9. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought that was <laughs> the sickest shit. Because, yeah, I was in year 11 and I did film classes because I was just shit-ass at school. I didn't do anything. I tried to do art classes much from year seven and never it just didn't work out yeah but film classes i managed to do and I, I always kind of did okay in those classes so anyway um i was doing a film class where we had to do like a major project over a semester or something like that and um we had to do like the idea was you weren't you had to do a film that you didn't record sound for you had to use just either a soundtrack or sound effects or anything like that you weren't allowed to record sound live yeah so i was just immediately thought because i was just heaps into i guess henry's anger I was like, fucking sick, I'm going to make a music video. And so, and just through vague connections through Boyd News Center, my mum and my sister and stuff, because I have an older sister, mm-hmm. um, I had I knew how to get in touch with Chris, who sang for Henry's Anger. Chris? Yep. His name was Chris. Oh, who knows? Pretty sure his name's Chris. He probably does. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So I had way. So I I called him and I was just like, "Hi, I'm Kim Satler's son." He was just like, "Why are you calling me?" <laughs> and I was like, "I want to make a music video for the band that doesn't exist anymore." And um, he's just he thought it was sick. And so it was pretty much me. I had a Super 8 camera, so I was shooting on eight mil film, yeah. And then a digital camera. And so I had this idea of shooting like two different kind of formats. And it was literally me and then my friend Swanee, who basically lived in my house at the time. Yes. Went out and just shot a really shitty music video, and. I, it's, I think it's on YouTube. I'm not going to encourage people to look at it because it's probably fucking terrible. I haven't watched well, it they in a long should time. have associated perfectly <laughs> yeah. with your current yeah. career. Yeah, but it's probably out there. Um, anyway, so yeah, I made that in year 11 because I just wanted to... Because there was like... I wasn't... I didn't... At the time, I was doing design stuff, I guess, but I wasn't... I didn't think there was any career. I didn't think you could get a job in that. I didn't yeah. think it was a thing. I remember talking to a friend of mine's older sister who was studying graphic design and she was just like, there's no jobs in graphic design. You'll never work in it. So I just didn't think it was a thing. So I was trying to study in film because I was an idiot and thought that that was easy to get into. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone makes movies. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, but yeah, I made that. But um, to, to kind of talk about how I got into actual design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, so that kind of has a link. Yeah, yeah. Because well. that was... Cause, like, the, the what happened, the, like me studying film is pretty much directly responsible for me working in design because I paid a shitload of money to study film and then did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. And so in order to pay the loan, I had to start doing design work because it's what I knew how to do. Yes. So anyway, um, so yes, in year 11 as well, while I was making this stupid video, uh, I was working at the, I, I just did like a work experience thing for the youth coalition the ACT where I just made posters for them and I just drew little pictures and did some graphics for their website and stuff like that yeah. and I just did that as just because you had to do a work experience thing to get as part of your schooling mm-hmm. I did that then they ended up asking me to come back and they actually hired me as just a straight job after school I worked like three days a week just doing that kind of thing so I did that in year 11 and 12 the whole time that I was doing I did like fucking a million film subjects I was just like I'm going to go to film school yeah like that's but I had my head. And so I ended up, after year 12, I ended up moving to Sydney. I went to film school for a year. Uh, it was cool, but also not what I expected it to be at all. I ended up bailing, being like, this is shit. I'm not going to work in film. Don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Came back to Canberra and just immediately was just like, okay, cool. Now I own thousands and thousands of dollars to a bank. Yeah. And I don't have a job and I don't have any qualifications. So you but, I, yeah, uh, but I knew how to fucking draw pictures and stuff like that because also just to preface this while because I was studying film stuff I was studying film stuff because I tried to do design classes at school mm-hmm. and I got kicked out of my classes a lot I did an art class in year 7 where I was told that cartoons weren't art and so I told the teacher to fuck off and she kicked me out of the class perfect then I didn't try again until year 10 did another art class once again told cartoons aren't art told to fuck off kicked out of the <laughs> class yeah you really was <laughs> Yeah. Working for those cartoons. <laughs> yeah. That's what there, I do. Yeah. Well, now I do it. Yeah, um, that's true. Then year 11, I didn't do any. Oh, no. <clears throat> sorry. And then year 10, I did, because uh, uh, I did that art class, and then I did also a design class where I did the work. Teacher told me that my work was fantastic, but I didn't. I refused to do the work in class because the computers were shit. So I did it at home, and so they failed me. So... Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant educators. Yeah. So they was just like, your work is really good, but you're a bad student, so you fail. So I failed that. So then, uh, didn't do anything near 11. Year 12, did a design class where at the time I was currently working at the Youth Coalition. So I was working as a designer, 
studying design. This teacher, Mac. I want to find Mac because he's a fucking prick. Um, Mac. Mac. Pat is coming for you. <laughs> Mac from Narrabundi College. Fuck him. Um, oh he told me that the way that I worked wouldn't work in the des- in the field. He's just like, you'll never get a job in design. And look at him now, <laughs> so Mac. If, he said, if you keep working the way you're working, you'll never get a job in design. Oh. And I told him... I currently work in the field. <laughs> You're just a teacher, and he kicked me out of the class. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was my attempt at studying design, but I knew what I was doing. I figured yeah. it out. But um, anyway, so back to Sydney, fa- like failing film school, failing film school, moving back to Canberra, being really Needing broke, money. living in an apartment where I was working like two nights a week, stacking shelves at Superbarn. Perfect. And I was like, I really need money because I have no money, and I'm fucking dying. And then I just started, I was going to shows at the time because I just yes. kept going to shows because it's what I like doing. And so I just hit people up and was just like, can I do, sh- I'll draw a t-shirt for you. Yes. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no idea about printing. I knew nothing. First shirt I did was like 200 colors or something, some stupid shit. Who was the first shirt you did for? First shirt I submitted was for, I killed the prom queen. Fuck and yeah. They, it was too many colors and they said, no. Kevy, you're responsible. <laughs> um... The first actual shirt that I printed was for a band from the South Coast called Takedown. And it was a terrible design, but it, I figured out... Fantastic band. I figured out, just do one colour, and yep. they printed it, and all their friends in the South Coast bought it. What was on the Takedown shirt? It was two guns, yeah. <laughs> and it said Takedown in, like, Western font. Perfect for the time. <laughs> what year was this? 2005? Amazing. And a, an so, era of great graphic design. Yeah, so that was my first did a band thing. And then from there, just I just, like, I did the thing for Takedown. I think I did something for someone from Canberra. I can't remember who. And then literally straight from there, I got asked to do shirts for Carpathian because my friend Crafter, who at the time I didn't know, now is a friend. A big time Crafter he, uh, Yeah, he asked me if I could do some shirts for Carpathian because he just started singing for them. Which so, to this day... He claims that he, he invented so, your career. He, yeah, he claims it. Because the, f- the first shirt that I drew for him was his fucking stupid idea. And it's still a stupid idea. <laughs> it was an echidna fighting a wombat. And then it said Carpathian in like the worst text in the world. Anyway, it was an awful t-shirt. Some people still have it, apparently. I keep saying it on the internet. But um, anyway, so I did that. Classic. And then from there, it just exploded. Because like, Carpathian were obviously a pretty relevant band. And yep. even though... I guess for the time, the the merch worked. If you look at it now, it's awful. But, yeah. um, but anyway, from there, that's just kind of it just jumped off. And then I just started to kind of pick up work and kind of just kept getting more and more. I ended up working at JB Hi-Fi and doing it. Ended up leaving JB Hi-Fi because I was getting so much work. I ended up freelancing for um, like two years of just doing freelance. Mm-hmm. And did a shitload of stuff. And yeah, worked out pretty well. <laughs> And so, okay, from starting out doing the fucking echidna shirt <laughs> where did, like, obviously you had influences for what, like, uh, drove you to do those sort of pictures, despite him just telling you to draw a, yeah. picture, a stupid picture. There were influences for oh, that, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. the drawing. Yeah. The artwork there were influences for. So where did influences for you start coming from? for the artwork that you inevitably led to do. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure from the scene, I suppose, to do designs that everyone was doing and people were buying. But where did your influence come from initially? Initially? Well, like, I guess because 
when I because I started I guess because I've been I've been drawing like illustrating for since I was a little kid and I used to enter like design competitions and do okay with that stuff and so where that's why that's how I got the job at the youth coalition initially was because of like because I could draw yeah and so and all of that stuff was just influenced by very I don't know, just illustrators that are, I just, I don't know there's no like connection but I really liked the guy that did Dilbert but <laughs> but that would that yeah. you would see that in that fucking cartoony yeah, yeah exactly that's well, like, that's why I just wanted to draw cartoons because the people yeah. I, I liked just drew cartoons there was this guy named I think his name's Chris Hart okay. he just did how to drawing books kind of thing but he had really like interesting cartoony style and I loved it and yeah. so I just like I loved the stuff that he did and I liked shit like Dilbert and I when I was a really little kid I really wanted to be like a a concept artist for like Disney like yeah. the guy that comes up with what characters look like that's what I wanted to do and so I just loved drawing cartoons. That's like, I could never yeah. <laughs> imagine. Well, I mean, obviously know you very well, yeah. but who thinks yeah, well, of that? Because the that? way the way like, that I did sick. it is because so I when, when I was a little kid, I always like I learned how to copy things by eye rather than like. So I'd sit there and watch movies. Like I'd watch Aladdin and I'd draw Jafar, and yeah, then, and that's amazing. and so that's what that's how I learned to do that shit, and then. My, my thing was mom or someone that was just like you're really good at that and then I was just like well that's what I want to do I just want to draw Jafar yeah and so I wanted to just draw Disney shit and so the cartoon stuff anyway so that's how I kind of got that cartoony style and that's why Kraft asked me to do Carpathian stuff because I guess that cartoony style was sort of big at the time in hardcore because there was yeah. guys like fuck what's his name there was this guy who did like a shitload of stuff for Bridge Nine yeah Anyway, anyway this, car- this cartoony things, kind of style, yeah. and it was real big at the time, and so I guess that's why he got me to do that. And yeah. so my my influences were like completely non-hardcore related at the time. Yeah. But then they I guess they translated, and then kind of you see other kind of artists working at the same time, and like because I remember when I was kind of kicking off and doing some stuff, there were people like Callum Preston and stuff like that, and he mm-hmm. has a, like a brilliant like cartoony <clears throat> kind of style. Yeah. Just seeing the shit that he was doing and just being like, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it showed, like, it was kind of not so much being like, I want to do what he's doing, but more like, he he draws cartoons and I can draw cartoons and he's doing well, therefore I should be able to do well. Yeah. And it was just, like, encouraging. Yeah, that's so, cool. Well, I mean, that's, that's, the fact that someone influenced you that you know mm. is awesome. And, like, yeah. not just, like, influencing in the sense that, like, like, my mum influences me to do awesome stuff because my mum's, yeah killed it at yeah, living exactly despite a lot of you know hardships and then like that's so sick that you, there's an influence that's like uh someone you aspire to be like that's very reachable and well yeah it's well i think contactable it's, it's really good having like just like because there's like good friends of mine now like people like pat fox etc mm-hmm. who i who like they're like really close friends but I also see the work they're doing at the time and it makes me want to work harder because I see them that they're, do, they're killing it and so it's just like I want to keep I want to keep working hard so that I'm not left behind kind of thing Yeah, and it just I think that's a really good kind of thing to be influenced or to be kind of yeah like encouraged by your friends even if like just by seeing the stuff they're doing and it's it's good it kind of well, keeps you always, you always work working. towards your yeah. peers too like yeah, I yeah. know for sure I mean, it, it's basically the exact same thing. Like, in music and stuff, when, like, the bands I was in, you know, when we first met, yeah. was, like, we were just aspiring to be as good as 
the band that was just doing a little bit better than us. Yeah, exactly. Like we weren't thinking, oh, we're going to be fucking Sabbath. We were <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. we're going to be hard luck. Yeah. Because like hard luck could play last at a show. Yeah. yeah exactly. And like people knew all the words and they were super dumb and funny, but like people liked it. Well, yeah, exactly. So the idea was be hard luck. And then when the band got to the point that hard luck got to, then it was like, oh, be whatever the next band was. Yeah, and yeah, like constantly working just trying towards to, shit. Yeah. And like, I think that's something that's cool for you as well as is for me. Like, as far as I can tell, you weren't thinking like, I'm going to be doing this type of art. I'm going to do this type of graphic design. Yeah. That's like a zillion levels above where your brain was at. Yeah, you were yeah. just looking for the next thing to yeah, get to. Yeah, you just kind of just want to, you just kind of you always well if you want to keep working you just you always want to just be doing better than the last thing you did yeah kind of thing and so you see people that are working around you and you just kind of see not not the competition you just see the environment yeah and you're just like that every like it's kind of it's a good thing you see that people are doing well and therefore you want to do well yeah you kind of you also see like guys like i see like people like callum because callum has branched out so much since back then as well where Mm -hmm. now he's doing like so much like painting shutting he's building fucking signs and he's doing restaurants and shit. He's doing so much stuff. Yeah. And that's really cool to see that. Cause it's just kind of like, it makes you constantly go realize that there's no kind of barriers to what yeah, you're it's doing. It's you encouraging. Can, yeah. You, you can yeah. constantly just be like, if he's able to step outside of this little box and do whatever the fuck he wants, it means I can do whatever the fuck I want. Not necessarily the same thing that he's doing, but it, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's encouraging. You can take it. All right. Um, that being said, the one thing that triggered me in that was you saying like uh, things have changed for him so where he's gone on to do signs and yeah. restaurants and so on so when did stuff change for you from being just doing fucking t-shirts for our bands and friends and like little demo art layouts yeah. and stuff to being like legitimate like packaging and well, like I think so I, again I don't know who's going to listen to this hopefully some <laughs> people but you know I think it's, it's something cool for people to know about that there is a difference between like doing a poster and doing yeah. full blown artwork for a record yeah and like and shirts that are more than just a logo <laughs> like yeah, yeah. a lot goes into that so yeah. where did you see obviously we'll keep talking about this but yeah. like where did where did it go from for you from being like mates and shit or people just from forums or MySpace or Facebook or whatever? Where did it go from being those sort of people asking you to do shirts to then being bands getting you on projects? Like how did that yeah. develop for you? Well, While like, you talk about this, I'm going to get another beer out of the thing. Yeah, okay, you do that. So well, it's like going to be the, loud. It, um, <laughs> well, actually one, one of the kind of earlier kind of defining points and I remember like actually stopping and thinking about it what like that I was progressing in some way was even though they were just friends but it was um Dropsaw which was friends from Newcastle who they hit me up and were just like because I'd just been doing shirts at that point I hadn't done anything I'd done posters and shirts nothing too exciting and then um my friend J-Rock called me one day and was just like they'd already done one record and you know people liked it and it came out on trial and error records which was like it to me at the time was huge because it was you could buy those cds at jb hi-fi and um so drops all with trial and error and anyway Jarrett called me and he's just like we're doing another record do you want to do the artwork for it and i was just like holy shit 
I'll be doing a CD. That's awesome. But also it made me realize that people saw me as more than just some dickhead that did t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he, they, they, they were like, we want this person to do, well, they want me to do their their artwork for a CD. And I was looking at the CD the other day, actually, and it's terrible. Like, it was the first CD I'd ever done. I remember messaging Callum, actually, and just being Was like, that the one with all the pictures, like the... It's called Victims and Killers, and it's just like a guy getting arrested on the front cover. I, okay. Yeah. And, that was uh, the first CD I did? The first CD I ever did. And, um... I didn't remember that. And I remember, yeah, I remember messaging Callum and just being like, I've never done a CD before. What the fuck do I do? And he responded from memory by being like, I don't really know, just wing it. That's amazing because you both have done so many CD arts. And so I was like, because I remember his advice was just like, just fucking try. And so I was like, cool, all right. And so I just like literally went and pulled a CD out of my shelf and measured how big the booklet was and then made something to that size. Yeah. Did all this shit, gave it to uh, Nigel and it got pressed and that was that. And I just remember being like, okay, that's sick. I get to do a CD. Even if no one else ever asked me to do one, I've done a CD that's in a, in on sale in a shop now. Yeah. But also that like made me realize the people definitely like kind of liked my art enough to ask me to do more than just cause t-shirts I think are sick. I love designing t-shirts. Like I know some people hate doing them, Yeah. but I fucking love designing t-shirts cause it's a, like they're everywhere. You see yeah. shirts like it's, it's a billboard. It's like, a yeah. walking like, billboard. We went to Europe last well, year before last and the whole time I was just like, I, I, all through Europe I saw shirts that I did and I'm like, this is it's amazing. Sick. Yeah. It's just, great. they stick, they, they, they stick around. But they're also like, they are kind of like, people don't necessarily hold on to t-shirts forever anymore. Like, no. And the designs, the designs don't like, I mean, other than like a few things. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking the Beatles shirt. Oh yeah. The names and shit, you know, like that, that stuff doesn't. Yeah. Generally speaking, t-shirts don't ring through. No, exactly. And it's like, especially shirts in like hardcore where like, you know, They'll sell a shirt on one tour, people will buy it, and then by the time the band tours again, they'll fucking lost that shirt. Yeah. Well, they won't wear it anymore. And so, yeah. to me, it was always kind of like, shirts are cool, and I like doing them, but they don't last. Albums <laughs> last. That's what people remember. They're, yeah, like, sure. And so, moving to that level was huge. And so I was like, that's awesome. And so then, I, from there, I ended up getting more, and getting asked to do more records, and blah, blah. Did some records for... Because then for some friends' bands as well, like your bands... Yep. We're like moving up to the point where they were actually releasing CDs that were going out in stores. Yeah. And so I was like, and so I did stuff on those as well. It was, that's yeah. how it kind of developed. And then I guess the next kind of big thing was just having like bands that I had no personal connection with whatsoever contacting me. Yeah. Like not me hitting them up, but them con- contacting me and asking me to do shit. Have you ever hit up someone to do artwork for them? Not in like last time I would have done it was probably 2007. Yeah. That's so that's cool but um but yeah like i remember i remember one, another point where i was just like oh wow people know who i am because i got contacted by suicide silence i didn't end up doing anything for them hey suicide I silence <laughs> tune in bro yeah, but um i didn't do anything for them because i i can't remember why i didn't have time or something like that it was just, but i remember them contacting me and asking me to do stuff that was just like we've seen stuff we got i think someone that i knew recommended me to them mm-hmm. i don't know who but anyway they contact me and I was Someone who like, loves deathcore. Yeah. And so they hit me up and I was like, holy shit, people in other countries know who I am. And yep. then, yeah, then it developed and now I just, you know, I've done a lot of stuff which is pretty cool and stuff that I'm pretty happy yeah, with. But, um, yeah. Um, alright, so, that shows you deve- the development of your, I guess, just the output of your work. 
throughout all this, and I mean, I know this because I'm friends with you, <laughs> but like <clears throat> at the time going from, again, going back, doing things for Crafter, doing things for us, doing things for blah, 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 Drops or the bands just got more and more from Australia and then yeah. overseas bands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Throughout all of this, obviously your musical tastes were developing and yep. changing. Yeah. So when it started out, it was all, you know, Frenzel and new Metal and then it goes into Hardcore and then from Hardcore, like your tastes were to develop as well. Oh, yeah. So like everybody, I mean, a lot of people, like myself included, are holding on very much to what I used to listen to <laughs> and I'm probably never will give up on it that being said i might have developed as well like yeah. everyone's do but so did <clears throat> so at a certain point your musical taste would have had to have started affecting the work you were doing as well yeah wherein that you weren't doing designs for like cowboy font hardcore <laughs> bands anymore yeah. you were now doing like you started working for like hip-hop artists and stuff because yeah. You know, this isn't, well, this was, isn't telling anything out of line, but like you started listening to a yeah, lot more hip hop. I started, yeah, definitely. There was a point where like, went along cause as, it. as did everybody, everybody fucking listens to Dr. Dre and all that bullshit. Like everyone listens to Don't very, no, but everyone <laughs> listens to like the standard yes. top of top yes. level hip hop kind of shit. Correct. Everybody in the world. Everybody does. But, um, and then there was a point or where they do just, and they don't know about it. Well, yeah. But then there was a point, fuck knows when, where it was just like, you know, I started listening to a lot more hip hop and obviously mm-hmm. it was just kind of like looking at various hip-hop art like packaging and shit like that and just being like that's pretty cool i could do that yeah. and like because there was also a point where i did stuff for like cup atheum when they were a mosh band um pretending to be <laughs> well just doing hip-hop yes. shit like doing we want graph font and shit yes. like that like that was a big thing in, in hardcore point where everyone went fucking graph font and, and I, you also look like a rapper at the time yeah i did you did dress um, like a rapper exactly but um but yeah there was shit like that where it's just like, like i could do you know Hip hop, quote unquote, hip hop influenced artwork, and so then I was imagine like I can just picture like an actual rapper or a hip hop dude in some way or form seeing the no doubt abomination that was to like mid noughties hardcore bands running out this garbage stuff. Having said that though, no knock on no uh, knock on Carpathian running rap in their tracks, but but there was like there was that and then I started trying to actually get work with actual like hip hop artists and shit like that and just through like friends connections, family connections, blah blah blah, being able to find stuff. But also then realizing that there's there's heaps of fucking terrible artwork in hip hop as well. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> so, I would argue oh, yeah way more. And so they always, that's why I looked. I just thought well, I could do better than that. And yeah. so I picked up some work here and there, and it was cool. And um, having said that though, they're like because it's kind of as far as if you want to work in like if you want to do design for hip hop in Australia, despite what your opinion is on it, you have to work with Australian hip hop. If you hate Australian yes. hip hop, that sucks for you. I like it. Um, yeah, well, but you have, that's where you have to work, and the. That, like pretty this much is, this is where we are though. well that's yeah, exactly. the, re- the yeah. realistic thing is if you like nas and yeah. you've only ever done designs for hardcore bands yeah exactly you're not going to be able to go like yo <laughs> enormous rap musician <laughs> yeah. yeah let me draw a picture for you yeah like he'll exactly. just go hey why don't you fuck off yeah exactly and so like um and having said that though in australia it is hard to do design in for Australian hip hop because there's guys like this guy named April seventy seven who yeah. does 
basically everything that's like every like kind of thing that isn't like Blissin Asso bullshit right. the, like the top level kind of hey man shit calling it top level makes it sound like it's good but it's not but I that feel like a like, lot of Blissin Asso <laughs> fans <laughs> are going to listen oh, to oh yeah but like he this April 77 guy does heaps of shit for like Golden Era Mm-hmm. Like, which is the label run by the guys uh, from Top Hoods. Don't talk to me about Golden Era. I'm just talking to you about it. I saw a guy wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah I've got one like that in my cupboard. Um, really? Anyway, so the, he does a lot of that shit, and he's fucking okay. great. He does really good artwork, so it's kind of just like, there's not much, because it's not a huge community, Yeah, there's not a whole heap of room for a bunch of people to, because like, hardcore there is, there's room for a shitload of designers, because everybody in hardcore wants to pay nothing for merch, for like, designs, for albums, therefore... Everybody can kind of get in and be like, I'll give, I'll do it for 50 bucks. I'll do it for 20 bucks. Mm. Kind of thing. There's a million people. Whereas there is actual money in Australian hip hop, kind of a segment of it. And they're willing to pay for good design. So yeah. that guy who's just kind of like, he's good and people are willing to pay for him. So therefore he gets all the work. And, um, which is awesome for him. But that, that's sort of reflective. I mean, not to talk about <laughs> money, but like that's sort of reflective of, guys like yourself and Callum and Pat now is that you guys charge more well, and yeah. you get what you pay for. Well, yeah. There's I a difference. There, like, there is definitely, it's, yeah. There's a difference between every idiot with a computer <laughs> and Photoshop that they downloaded yeah. going, I do merch now. Yeah, yeah exactly. To like, people who actually... I mean, you know, I, and that's not shitting on anyone. Everyone can... I hope well, that if anyone has a... Yeah, so. but... That being said, again, that's nothing against them. You do right. get what you pay for. Yeah, when yeah. you first started, oh, when yeah. someone you someone paid you a hundred dollars, well, what they were getting for a hundred dollars then versus what they well, get now is totally different. Exactly. Like, at, like as an example, and this is yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> as an example, but the time where I was just churning out bullshit for not much money because I wasn't as I wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, but I was learning and mm-hmm. I was getting better. But like, so I didn't charge very much because I knew that I was still learning. Yeah. And that's why I did, I, because I did some stuff for Parkway and I did some text for a t-shirt and I knew that it wasn't great. I was, I didn't think, I thought it was like, I was pretty happy with it. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I'm doing some like text kind of script stuff for Parkway. But I was just like, I'm not going to charge heaps for it because it's just, it's like, I'm not worth that much. And yeah. then I sold them this text to go on a t-shirt for $75 and now they've used it on three records and two DVDs, and it's their logo ever since. So, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's like the it's kind of like yeah, you you get what you pay for. And to me, I still I look at that logo and I'm like, it sucks. There's so much wrong with it. And so hear that Parkway, <laughs> but they, no, but it works for them. And so people and fucking now people have it tattooed on their fucking necks, which and is so <laughs> a, the funniest thing for me in the world. Yeah. And this is a bit of like dumb insider shit that no one other than people we know isn't going to care. But I don't care because this is mine. So I can talk about whatever I want. Yeah. But like seeing that driving through like, I don't know, Horsham or Albury or something and seeing an enormous sticker on the back of some dude's car that I saw you designed yeah. in your bedroom yeah. is amazing. Yeah, so, and that, it's so but like, funny. But to me, I look at that and I would say that's worth $75. Right. In the scheme of like, well, you could say the same thing about the Nike logo. It's a fucking tick. It's so simple. You yeah, look at that it's, and be it's like, amazing. but it's kind of like, it's all, you know, a logo is, depends on what it's being used for kind of thing. So the, yeah. logo, the Nike tick is worth millions and millions of dollars. 
but as just a as a fucking a piece of art piece of art it's worth fuck all and yeah. so I look at the, the parkway thing and I'm like yeah that's worth fucking $75 but now knowing what it's been used for and the way the kind of I guess the cultural impact it's had now yeah that's that people true. are getting it tattooed it's worth more and it's grown and it, and as well like it despite it not I mean I'm sure it's changed a little bit here and there but yeah. like it has grown as the band has grown yeah so exactly. as the band has recorded better records then that logo is synonymous with those better records. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, these fucking, there's these amazing mm. songs on it, and there's this thing on the front. Like, that's got to be, despite the fact that it was a $75 logo or whatever, yeah. and, like, you do think the initial thing is <laughs> worth $75, that's got to feel pretty sick, too. That oh, yeah. This is, like, well, this thing's on well, all these fucking CDs. Yeah, this no, band it that's, feels, like, it's like, huge now. There was a point where I, where I walked into Resist Records in Sydney, and I just, I, I was aware that it existed, but hadn't actually seen it with my own eyes. I knew that they that the record Deep Blue, which was the first album that they did with that logo on it. Yeah. And it went gold. And so I walked in there and saw a gold record with a bit of writing that I did on it and I was like, that's fucking that's really cool. And I, it's still like I have a photo in my phone that I have saved there because it's just like that's fucking sick. My like a thing I did on a gold record. And since then they've had other gold records and they've had other fucking platinum bullshit. And they've put it on. (laughs) Yeah, and it's on there. It's on all of them. And it's really fucking cool. But yeah, yeah, no, it definitely feels nice. Even stuff that I've done that's like, like when we're in Europe, there's there's this one design that I did for D's Nuts ages ago. And I've always really liked working with D's Nuts because JJ has a really like clear idea of what he does. And pretty much everything I've done for them, for what it is, I always look at it and be like, I'm happy with that. I'm pretty cool. But there's one design that I did for them, which was like this, like all-seeing eye thing, and I, the idea was cool. I am not happy with my execution of it. Mm-hmm. But when we're in Europe, we're in Belgium. Yeah. And I was sitting at the table, and then this guy came up to me. A lot of these nut shirts in Europe. Mass amount. This guy who was obviously aware that I was Australian, so he came up to me and said, "Australian," pointed at me, lifted up his sleeve, and he had that design tattooed on his arm. And I was like, God, why did you get that one tattooed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Yeah, but he's just like, it's like... So even though I'm not happy with the design, and it's, I think it sucks, and it's insane that he has it tattooed, it's pretty cool. Good on you, <laughs> D's Nuts yeah, tattoo guy. strange guy at fucking the weird festival. But um, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's like, it's, it's kind of nice. Even if I'm not 100% happy with this kind of shit, the fact that people are like it enough to get it tattooed on them, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. But that that too, and I'm sure, and again, this is probably the, I mean, aside from the initial like graph artwork crossover yeah. you had, doing stuff for these Nuts probably did reflect somewhat your influence from hip hop. Oh yeah, too. massively so. That's like, well, just actually just the other day, well, the other week, because uh, I was doing some more stuff for these Nuts. Um, but yeah, it's just like, because I do like, you know, I obviously like a lot of hip-hop Days Nuts obviously like a lot of hip-hop yeah and so it's really cool to be able to just be like both of us to kind of talk to each other and be like like this is this is mad we really like this style of art that you know so-and-so has done whichever rapper or whatever whichever kind of label or era of hip-hop has kind of used and so it's really cool to be able to kind of translate that into something that will be kind of widely appreciated in Australia and also is kind of still within where we work. Like, I obviously do mostly hardcore kind of yeah. merchandise, etc. Sure. And so, like, we recently did, like, this kind of mob deep influence kind of thing. I did this the other week for D's Nuts. And it was just really cool because it's kind of just like I was talking to JJ. I was like, you like mob deep? I like mob deep. Let's do something mob deep. That'd be sick. Yeah. And it's just like that kind of thing. Plus, yeah. It's just like, so being able to kind of express 
kind of just your infer- in- interests and influences through that is kind of cool. Yeah. No, um, that's great. I mean, like, that's like something that, and again, this is the first time I'm going to do this, so I'm going to be revealing so much behind the scenes <laughs> of this shit. But like the re- one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this, and like, although I know a lot of these things that you're telling me, yeah. um, the main reason I wanted to do this is because like, I think a lot of people have stories about music and they have stories about the way their lives have developed through music that have fully shaped how their adulthood has grown from that. Yeah, and I guess absolutely. maybe I'm doing this... I mean, a lot of the reason why I'm doing this is because I love listening to podcasts, but on top of that, it's because I really think it's cool for people to know about how other people have turned into the, the grown up that they're becoming. Oh yeah. And I'm not one to talk really because I'm not that old, but like, that's what interests me. And it, especially people who are older than me, which will be almost everybody I talk to <laughs> on this, but like, it really interests me how you know, music shaped you. So for you, it came from punk and hardcore and stuff. And yeah. then that's how you got into it. And then as your taste developed, your art developed, yeah. which has essentially become your life now. Well, yeah. Like yeah. despite, I mean, obviously there's a lot more to your life than just <laughs> artwork, but like, so for you, and that's again, the next thing I want to talk about was, so you, your music developed, oh, sorry, your music taste developed as your art developed. And then while all this was going on, you actually, you know, unlike, well, a lot of people have done it, but a lot of people would strive to do it and can't actually get there. You actually managed to find a career out of it. Well, yeah. Despite just doing shirts with people. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, it's funny because I, I did, like, I was doing this kind of, you know, doing t-shirts and shit like that. Somehow and like, it opened my ears. <laughs> and like I mentioned that I, like, I was working at fucking stacking shelves at a supermarket and I was working in JB Hi-Fi and I was doing yeah. this stuff. And then I ended up doing like some freelance stuff but it was still not like a career. I was, still wasn't doing like a... wasn't like a... I wasn't working enough or earning enough to make it actual like a full-time bit. Yeah. But because of everything that I was doing there, I like over, over the years, like while I was working, I did apply for jobs at like design agencies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I applied, every single time I got rejected because I didn't go to school. Yes. And then eventually, though, I'd worked enough that I had a big enough portfolio that I went for a job at an ad agency in Canberra, and they gave me a job. Yeah. And they initially, it was like a one-month contract, and then yeah. as of this week, I'll have worked there four years, and now yeah. I'm about to finish up there. Yeah. But yeah, I got like I actually got a job working in design almost entirely because of Doing band shit. Doing band shit. Because it's amazing. Yeah. Like, That's it's the, just the like, legitimate dream. Yeah. Well, and, and then because of that, um, because of that, then like I, cause I, yeah, I got this job at the ad agency and I just did it because I needed a real fucking job yeah. and I managed to pick up a job in design, which is awesome. And then through that, I continued to do some more band stuff and got kind of more, and that also helped kind of shape my skill and got better, did better work got better clients and then through that I am now like as of next week I'll be working for the record label Unified mm-hmm. or the kind of the company Unified because they do heaps of shit more than just yeah. Yes. And which is like that's the dream like yeah. entirely through just going out there and because I sent a design to fucking I Kill the Prom Queen and asked them if I could do shirts for them and them saying no I am now working for their record label <laughs> Yeah. So, 
Um, so take that, prom queen. Yeah, but um, should have said yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just funny. Like it's just just through just like doing some like random like terrible design stuff, going to shows, touring with friends bands. I've managed yeah. to actually build a career out of something that you shouldn't really be able to build a career out of. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it's amazing. It's like it's a great story, and like, yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to do this is mm. because I know that you have a good story and I know that a lot of people have good stories and I mean I've been there for all of, well most of this with yeah. you that like I know that I mean there's an enormous amount of time where you weren't doing shit well yeah there was like and like same thing with me like well, twiddling our thumbs the, the two years where I was freelancing was pretty much me every morning at like 10 going to your house and sitting on your couch with you and Jared mm-hmm. watching The Sopranos or The Wire. Shout out to Jared. Probably will Sh- never listen to this. Shout out to Jared. Uh, yeah, watching Sopranos and The Wire and everything on HBO and me just with my laptop doing design work. Which is ex- almost an exact reflection of what we do now. <laughs> well, yeah, now we just turn that into a life in our own apartment. But, uh, <laughs> grown-ups, kids, if any of you are out there in your mum's house designing <laughs> graphics, one day you could live in a different city... <laughs> In an apartment. That's yeah. pretty fucking dope. Yeah, see? So, and yeah, it's just like, that's kind of what I did. Like, it was, no, it was just, I don't know, pissing about with friends and doing just kind of shirts here and there. Yeah. And then it developed. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's not too many other things I wanted to talk about. I mean, again, I mean, I can talk to you for days. But well, yeah, fun. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the only like one of the other things that I really want to get out of people. So just other than the graphic design stuff, and like how is like again? So I'm essentially interviewing you as a graphic designer. Yeah. However, the overarching thing for all of this is that you have had a rather interesting life in music for the last ten years. Which basically is... you've that's what you've had. Well, yeah. Um, and so. Like, I was just thinking, how has your life in music, like, shaped you as an adult? And yeah. also, how has it shaped, like, where you see yourself going now? Well, it's, actually, it's, there's, like, through music, through the design stuff, it actually kind of led into other things, and it's kind of all kind of a circle. But, like, because when I started doing, because I did those shirts for Crafter, for Carpathian. Yeah. And because I lived in Canberra and I liked going to shows, and at the time there were no shows in Canberra, yeah, Crafter got me to book a Carpathian show, Correct. and then through that, myself along with you yes. and um, some other people, we booked shows in Canberra for years and years and years. We did, and through that as well, ended up booking tours and then going on tours, and then there was a point where I was not working and I was just touring with friends bands. And managing to like tour with just friends bands from not just from Canberra but from Sydney and from fucking wherever, yeah. And going around and just doing my design stuff and traveling. But then the kind of there was a point there as well where I looked at it and I was just like, there is absolutely no way I can continue. Like I'm gonna hit thirty. I'm not thirty yet, but I was thinking then I'm like I'm gonna hit thirty and I will have no education. I will not hold down a job for a long time. Yeah. And I can't keep touring. Like touring will dry up design work may dry up yeah. and so I looked at him and was like I need to get a fucking job yeah so and reality hit yeah, you a bit yeah and that was th- and I guess like 
it is because of music, but it was me just being like, I need to get a fucking job that is outside of hardcore. That's that's really interesting. That's <laughs> not the answer I thought you. No. Not way I thought you. No, were, that was cool. me. That's why I went for the job at this ad agency. Yeah, it's great. Because it's I was just like terrified that I was going to hit a point where I'd have nothing and be like, like be in debt or fucking some bullshit. But that's another thing that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome to think that, and you know maybe some people won't agree with me, but fuck them. This yeah. is my fucking <laughs> podcast. Anyway, but like that you. Like that, not only has music shaped you in terms of a person and yeah. your artwork, which is what you are doing with your life, but music in an adverse way yeah. also told you, you need to fucking it made wise me, up. It made me grow the fuck up. There yeah. was like a very quick... Oh, like, excuse me. It was, podcast, I'm to burp. <laughs> it was four years ago where I, there was literally a point where I hit and I was like, I'm going to like... I'm doing fuck all. I'm living in share houses with friends and then like, cause I'd live in a share house and then I'd go back to mom and dad's and I'd go to a share house and then back to mom and dad's and I was just bouncing around the place and I wasn't doing any, anything. And so I was like, I need to fucking grow the fuck up. Yeah. I need to get a job. And I'm not saying that you need to work for an ad agency or the government or any of that shit to make a career, obviously, or to be a grown up. You don't have to do that, but that's the wake up call I needed Yeah. to go. Okay. And everyone's will be different. Yeah, exactly. And it was because of music. It was because I was like, it was really fun and I was having a great time meeting all these people. And because yeah. of the people I met through touring and being a fucking dickhead rolling around doing nothing and having no responsibility, because of the people I met through that, I now am working in the music industry in design. This is, it's, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, But it was like, awesome. yeah, that was the reaction of just being like, you need to, you, you can't do this forever. You need to stop. You need to get a real job. And so I got a real job and that's what helped me grow as a person. Yeah. And that was a really important kind of moment. Yeah. And I mean, a lot's... Yeah. Your, I mean, your life is no doubt at the moment for the better for well, it. Well, like, and because of that job, I'm now like, that job is what got me to, to move to Melbourne rather than Canberra. And I'd wanted to move to Melbourne since I was like 19 or something like that. I yeah. came down here for a show and I was like, this is sick. And I wanted to move here. And so because of that real grown up outside of hardcore job, I got to move to Melbourne where I now get to work a better job in yeah. the field that I enjoy and so yeah it's kind of <clears throat> it's funny like I think music is important for kind of helping you grow as a person like as you you meet people like people meet like you know best friends partners everything through music but also it can help you realise what in the world outside of your you know kind of Little music realm. scene yeah. yeah is important and it makes yeah. you realise that you need to have both and like because yeah. when, when I was like when you're a kid and you're traveling around driving to Sydney every weekend with your friends that's all you want and you're just like this is yeah. I want to do this forever I want to I just want to be traveling around I just want to watch bands I don't want to do anything yeah. and you need to have that point where you go no it's actually really good to have your own house and pay bills and get a car because these are important things in life yeah but um well, I mean I'd say that's arguable like for everyone like I mean not only just people who have somehow been influenced by music but like I mean, even if I didn't listen to music, I would no doubt love to just go places, yeah. drink heaps, and fuck well, around well, yeah, it's like, without any responsibility. Well, Though that being said, now that I live in a house and I own a car and I like the career path that I've chosen that's yeah. independent of music, yeah. I... It, like, it's, it's it's been really good, but that music helped push me into that and also... 
now that I have that, the elements of my life that are still involved with music, which are enormous for me, and as they are for you, yeah. is that I really appreciate that even more now. Yeah, like absolutely. I, like, I genuinely, and I don't know about the rest of the people you know exist, but I love seeing those guys because it is like my holiday. Yeah. Like, in, whenever I see them, and I see them all the time, but like, it, it's like doing music for me now, it went from being the thing that I only wanted to do. That was the only thing I ever wanted to do was mm. be playing bands, you know, touring was the dream, blah, 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 playing shows, doing stuff like this. Like doing interviews for me was something that I thought would be cool. Yeah. And I liked doing it. And like, but so the fact that doing all that awesome shit, I still have all that stuff now, but then I have like adult stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's good that it moved it's, through that wave to yeah. get there. Cause I remember when I was, yeah, when I had this point where I was like, I need to grow up cause I could see people just various people who kind of were, and some of them I don't even know, but I could see that they were kind of, you know, sometimes you can get so deep into something, so deep into hardcore. I'm not saying that being dedicated to to hardcore or the hardcore scene is a bad thing by any means because it wouldn't exist if people weren't yeah. dedicated to it. A but lot some, of people who cared more than us. Yeah, but some people also, like, will act, like, they'll, they'll put it above everything to the point where they're kind of damaging their outside life. Yeah. Because they're putting so much into, you know, touring or bands or whatever the hell. And I think there's 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 got to be a limit. Like, you need to be careful of how much you put into one thing. Same with, like, if you kind of... Say you were so massively into hardcore and then you get, like, a real-world job and you, you know, start dating someone that's not affiliated with it, blah, blah, mm-hmm. and you put all your energy into that and you forget about something that you truly cared about. It's yeah. the same thing. It can go either way. Yeah. If you focus on one side too much... It can be quite damaging, and so you just I think need a it's, a, it's important yeah. to find that balance. And yeah. sometimes you need a you know, wake up call like I have, where it's like you need to get a job kind of thing to find that balance. And now I have, like, now it's good. Now I, you know, I work, yeah. I'm a, you know, full time working adult, yes. but I also go to shows and I go into state and see friends. And I went got to go to Europe a couple of years ago and shit like that. Like yeah. it's finding that balance, and it's important to have that kind of moment where you hit that and realize what's important. Yeah, and um. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's good. It's good. Like, and I think the kind of like, sometimes the thing, the real world things that you have come from music yeah. as well. And or the other way you can do the music side of things that you enjoy because you have the real world yeah. kind of side. Yeah. Well, I don't even remember where that question <laughs> went, but it ended up pretty good. Mm. Um, all right, let's really quickly do this. I didn't write this down, but yeah. we should do it. Let's each list five things that are really sick about Canberra, despite everyone who thinks Canberra sucks. Okay, five things that are sick you about Canberra. First. It's fucking beautiful. Okay, you one. Can, you it's can beautiful. like it's like no matter where you are in Canberra, you can drive drive half an hour and you'll be in a, like a remote, beautiful setting. You'll be amongst mountains. You'll be near fucking lakes, rivers, <laughs> snowy man, all the shit. There's just, like beautiful scenery so close to everywhere like here you're in Melbourne I love Melbourne but you're here and it's like oh I'm gonna go to the Grampians I'm gonna drive fucking two hours to go out to the Grampians I'm gonna go out to this or you have to get stuck in traffic for fucking hours to get to Correct. this beautiful place that you wanna go to Canberra it's right there you can see it from your house okay that's one beautiful places too <laughs> beautiful traffic there's no, no traffic there's no fucking like Canberra drivers are pretty stupid like the way I look at it Canberra drivers are stupid Melbourne drivers are stupid and angry so it's much worse Okay, 
Three. Three. Um, my family's there. Family's there. Okay, four. A lot of my best friends are there. Five. <laughs> Last one. Five. Um, fuck. Five. There's just so many things. I gotta gotta just narrow it down. I gotta I gotta narrow this down. I just like how quiet it is. It's just like it's just it's a relaxed place. Like it's you can like the best thing about it was that if you're in Canberra, you can go to Sydney and you can have all that fucking hustle and bustle and go to big shows or do all, all this shit. But then you just the get, kids from the little yeah, smoke. But then you get to go back to Canberra and it's just chill. It's just nice it's and chill. quiet and you can just it's good. You can see stars. It's beautiful. That's true. All right, let me list off these five real quick. One, my mum's house. <laughs> Two, my mum lives there. Three, I exist. They're my best friends, aside from you and Jared. Yep. And some other people. <laughs> Four, um, it's really pretty. Yeah. It always looks beautiful. Five, last thing, the beer costs way less than here. Yep. So suck me off <laughs> Melbourne beer prices. Um, all right. I think this is the end. Yeah. I could talk to you forever about this shit. Um, continue talking after this anyway. Well, you definitely are. <laughs> it's only eight o'clock. That went pretty well. Um, all right. Um, do you have anything you want to spruik? Is there um, anything that you have relevance to that you should advertise? Two things I should advertise. Go. Uh, you should watch the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because it's hilarious and I've been yep. watching it. Advertising something that <laughs> is going to make way more money than both of us. And you should also watch The Last Man on Earth because it's also hilarious. They go two good TV shows. Also, listen to American Sharks because I didn't know about them until recently, and I've been listening to that record all week, and it's fantastic. Bands killer. Yeah. So, all right. Yep. This was the first ever Oblivious Maximus podcast with Patrick Galvin from Artwork. What's your website? Uh, Sprig your website. Oh uh, yeah, my, yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, go check out my website. It's mostly just photos, but check it out. It's got some design stuff. It's hologramwarrenj.com. HologramWarrenG.com. Dot com. All right. Um, I don't know how the fuck to end this. I'm Aaron Osborne. I've had four oh. beers in one hour. And I just got a, uh, a confirmation on a design I did. An email saying that it's just been approved. So that's a funeral for a friend. So very good. There you go. Funeral for a friend. I've had four beers. That was Oblivious Maximus. Um, if you don't like the podcast... Tell me why you don't like it, because I really would like to know, and I want to know how to make this sick. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Sorry if you could hear everything. I'll work on that over <laughs> the next coming months. And now I'm going to get really close and deep with the microphone real quick. Thanks for listening to Oblivious Maximus. This is Aaron. Listen to I Exist from Canberra. Brutal. Bye. <laughs>